As you've heard, calls are growing for a review of the Reserve Bank's slow response to inflation. National the, uh, Act and the Greens are calling for an independent review after Governor Adrian Orr acknowledged his interest rate decisions have contributed to inflation reaching the level it has. Orr's acknowledgement follows unprecedented criticism from his predecessors, including Graham Wheeler and Don Brash. As I said earlier, though, I can't help but think it's all coulda, shoulda, woulda. Nobody among these illustrious men seems to pinpoint exactly what they would have done and exactly when, because timing after all is everything. To discuss this, I'm joined by former Finance Minister Stephen Joyce. A very good morning to you, Stephen. Morning, Kerry. How are you? Good. What do you make of calls for an inquiry? Would it be helpful? And with the benefit of hindsight, what could or would or should have you done? Well, let's start with the benefit of hindsight, because actually there were people saying as early as towards the beginning of last year, in fact, I did a column, I think, in February last year, which indicated real concern about the way the world was approaching uh, this pandemic uh, in terms of in terms of monetary policy mm. and fiscal policy, and and again in August, and I wasn't the only one. There were plenty of people um, who who had those views through much of last year, and then the Reserve Bank arrived at that uh, view, and I would argue belatedly mm. uh, towards the end of last year. Uh, so I, there were plenty of people, and and I think it's it's fair that. Um, to say that nobody was critical at the outset, right? No. Because, yep. because at the start, nobody knew what was happening. It made sense to cut interest rates. It made sense for loose monetary policy. It made sense for the government to uh, do the wage subsidy to stop people losing their jobs. And I support econ- all those three things. If an economy comes to an abrupt, screeching, slamming halt, the damage, if there had been no intervention, could have been carnage. Yeah, but, but but the problem was not then. The problem was, uh, as it became apparent, as I say, by mm. the beginning of last year, yeah. that actually there needed to be a change of direction because it was a we had a supply of shock, not a demand shock. The people were at home, but actually the bit that surprised everybody and me included, uh, and I'm sure the Reserve Bank was that people kept spending from home. They spent on different stuff yep. uh, because they couldn't go out, but they kept spending, and that was a surprise. And um, and it became clear that the, that the unprecedented stimulus that came, not just from the interest rates, but also from the quantitative easing, yeah. was driving up asset prices to ridiculous levels, including housing. Mm-hmm. And that really needed to be, at that point, though, there should have been a change of direction, not just by the New Zealand Reserve Bank, but by, by you know, world monetary uh, uh, institutions, including the Federal Reserve. And unfortunately... At that point, uh, in the in the political cycle in the U.S., President Biden had just been elected, and he decided that, notwithstanding that Trump had already poured a whole bunch of fiscal mm. stimulus in there, he was going to do the same thing. Yeah. So he did the same thing, and it was a political solution which wasn't actually needed. Um, I think he'll get thrown out off the back of that in a couple of years' time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than anything else, um, you know, the fact that inflation's got away in the U.S. and probably most Americans have an understanding that even you know, a loose understanding that the, the president's had something to do with it. I think that'll be the end of his presidency. And I think um, we do need a process of reflection. But whether you need an inquiry, um, you know, that's for the politicians to decide. What I would love to see is for the Reserve Bank governor to say, look, we may have got some things wrong uh, in hindsight. Uh, you know, and obviously, he's not going to say we got things wrong at the time, but we got things yeah. wrong in hindsight, and we should learn from those 
experiences and here's what we would have done differently. And until we get that, I think people are going to keep calling for a review because they're going to say that he's not actually acknowledging that things could have been done differently. Would he also say when he's looking back at things that could have been done differently, we should have told the government to back off when they told us to have maximum employment and housing stability as part of our remit? <laughs> well, I've, I've been on the record that the maximum employment thing's been a mistake from the beginning. Yep. Um, look, I don't, it's hard for the Reserve Bank to say to the government, um, you know, back don't off. give us this remit. Um, <laughs> well, why? The they're, supposed the to be, they're supposed to be independent. If you're yes, starting what to they, tinker... What they could have perhaps said would, would have been to say, look, there will be there will be instances where these things are in conflict. At the time, um, there was a sort of um, fashionable view that that wouldn't be the case, but actually it has been the case. And and the focus on full employment, uh, and you can see it in the statements from later last year, that the bank was still patting itself on the back for the employment outcome at the same time as um, playing down the inflationary impact and I think you know, that's evidence alone that the bank um, has muddled the two. It was certainly the, the, the Monetary Policy Committee has muddled the two, and that does need to change. But that's squarely at the feet of uh, Grant Robertson as the finance minister who made the change. And it's also squarely at his feet is the fiscal stimulus, which has been right over the top, yeah. and that hasn't helped the bank either. See, even though I didn't pay that much attention to Sister Andre in the economics class in sixth form at Sacred Heart, <laughs> even I would be able to see that if I shut the borders and didn't let anybody in yes. and relied on New Zealanders to fill the jobs, yes. then there would be full employment. If I was doing that at the same time I was pumping money into the economy, there would be inflation. Would be inflation. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. you know, it's like... Right. Well, you know, the old definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods and services, and that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. And there and, were plenty of people around that thought that, the, 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 you know, that inflation was dead and we were never going to have inflation again because we hadn't been able to have it since, I don't know, um, goodness knows when. Yeah, but the, 1984. But, the, but the, rule, the rule applies. If you have too much money chasing too few goods and services, and you're right, it, the, the closing of the borders and actually the continued constraints on immigration are making things worse. Yeah. And and you know, the government really does need to start taking responsibility for the impact that they are having on this. So yes, the Ukraine war is part of the story. Uh, yes, uh, the bank should have removed quantitative easing earlier and, and probably uh, put up, you know, certainly re- reduced the quantitative easing earlier. Yeah. And yes, but yes, the government is, is, should acknowledge that their fiscal policy is inflationary and that their regulatory policies are inflationary as well. Yeah. Going right back to pre-COVID when they were ramping up the minimum wage mm. um, at rates that, that, that were unsustainable, they, they, were, uh, they were poking the inflationary bear was what they were doing and, and that's not what, they, you know, what was always mm. going to happen. So, you know, how much... Blame needs to be sheeted home to the Reserve Bank because they're under fire at the moment. Adrian Orr's under fire. And how much to the government for its interference with the Reserve Bank? Well, I think I think it has to say it has to come back to the government. The government mm. gave the directions on mm. on the on the policy change to include full employment. And the gov- and the other part the other part of that impact of that is the government's trying to contract out of responsibility for its policy decisions. So if you think about it, 
if the Reserve Bank's responsible for inflation and the government is responsible for employment and all other aspects of the economy, then the government is responsible for the policy decisions that lead to the employment results. And in this, they've now contracted that out to the bank, or they say they have. So they sit there and say, oh, look, our, our economic policies, you know, it's not our problem to look after employment. That's the government's problem, the Reserve Bank governor's problem, as much as they try to take credit at the moment. But um, they, they are they're, they're mucking up the, the relationship between the two and they are removing their own responsibility from the exercise. And they are responsible. And I think they've got away with far too much so far. And there should be at least as much criticism of the finance minister's approach to managing the economy uh, as there is to the Reserve Bank. I do wonder whether Grant Robertson got that kind of, I've had it before once or twice, where you go on a spending spree and you're just engorged with (laughs) utter lust and joy at being able to just get all the shiny things and you're putting them in your basket and you can't quite believe that you're doing it. And then the next day you have that post-shopping crash where you think, that was irresponsible. You know, I I just wonder if he's still in the full engorged moment. You know, well, I, I think I think the trouble I think the trouble is that yeah they got the they got the majority mandate in 2020, and then they had a massive list of all the things they wanted to do mm. and could um, and and could do because nobody would stop them. No, um, and they're determined to do it regardless of the inconvenience of the current situation. And the inconvenience of the current situation is that these are exactly the wrong policies to be pursuing at this point in time. And that, and you know, they're resisting the fact that governments are ultimately shaped by events. They're not, you know, the government doesn't get to just in, introduce its policy program and forget about what's happening in the world mm. and forget that people are being savaged by inflation and that people can't afford their groceries and those sorts of things. They can't do that. They have to be responsive to the situation. That's what a responsible government does. And if they keep doing it, then undoubtedly they'll get thrown out. Always good to talk. Thank you very much, Stephen Joyce, former finance minister. And you can't disagree, can you? I mean, I couldn't find one thing there to rebut, refute. Just common sense. Ugh, we've missed it. News Talk ZB, it is 13 to 10.